Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And here we go. Have a nice week. Have a nice week and I really care. I have brown eyes and I have some hair. My skin is brown and I have um, five inches something tall. I look good and that's not all. I have four people in my family. I love God and God loves me. I like to ride past by with my friends. I like to eat, watch TV and sleep. When the lady in a wood make noodles, I can't cook. Smoking the wizard rings is my favorite book. That's enough about me. Good to get. How about you and make new friends? That's enough about me. This is the end. Tell about you and make new friends. you just to see what you sound like man tell me something and nobody else told me i sound like that but you because i'm your mom i'm supposed to tell you the truth i ain't supposed to lie i'm supposed to tell you when you sound retarded when you look bad you know so that you can fix it like why would i not tell you these things <laughs> no what do you say i don't know we oh okay so now here comes the big shebang bang. Shebang bang. Okay. So it's interesting to be sitting across uh, from this next individual who I'm going to have a conversation with. Um, she's going to tell you more about what this, this episode or this, this portion of this conversation is about. And of course, I can't talk about the traces of who I am without even speaking or even attaching a part of my legacy to the conversation. And part of my legacy is my children. I uh, met my my daughter at 16. We met each other 16 years ago, actually. No, it would be 17 years ago this year. Um, And it wasn't the most easy journey at all. Like being a teen mother was not the easiest thing to do. Um, it wasn't absolutely horrible because, 
you know, I was good at it. Like, being as young as I was, we survived. We made it work somehow. So with that being said, I think that I did a pretty darn great job. Um, but I had asked my daughter, I said, hey, I want you to be a part of the, these conversations because you have something that I don't, and that is a mother. And I lost my mother to not only at a young age, but when she was still physically here, I wasn't allowed to really be a child because I had to grow up. Not only was I a mother, but before that, my own mother, you know, her health began to diminish and I was extremely introverted. So I didn't really get to live like the the average teenage life, I guess, that people should say. I never even went off and had the college experience and, you know, just really kind of just being an individual. And I had to navigate through life and discover a lot of things on my own. I had to make a lot. I had to make a lot of mistakes and or just learn ways how to do it on my own because I didn't have that guidance there. So I I I, I talked to my daughter um, and I said, you know, I want you to be part of this conversation. I don't want to know what you're gonna ask me. I don't know what you're gonna say, but I want you to take advantage of the fact that I that you can have this conversation. I want you to do something I wasn't able to do. I want I want you to get all the tools and tips that you need when you're going into adulthood because I didn't get to have that. So with that being said, I'm going to bring on the next guest on Traces Amica, Deja. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am good. <laughs> so um, this, is a, this is a really weird space for me. I'm excited, though. Because I don't know what you're going to say. And out of all the people in the world, you probably know me the most. Like, you see me when I'm my ugliest. And you see me when I'm, like, when I'm looking real sexy and stuff. <laughs> so, like, you see the highs and the lows. So, I'm going to be quiet. What's going on? What are we going to talk about first and foremost? Do I need to get a drink? <laughs> Do I need a stronger drink than what I have? Nah. I don't think so. Okay. Good. All right. Bet. <laughs> Let's get into it. All right. So the first thing I wanted to like tell you was the meaning behind the title I'm going to give the episode, Raining in December. Raining in December. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you know how this past December, since it's February now, the end of February, tomorrow's last day, okay. it was raining in December, you know? Yeah. Which is it's not supposed to happen because it's winter. It's supposed to like rain in spring. True. And fall and stuff. We really didn't have a winter this year, like at all. Mm-mm. No. So they say that the the reason why we was having rain in December, you know, it's like because of humans and global warming uh-huh. changes, uh-huh. unnatural changes, uh-huh. you know. So the meaning behind raining in December is sometimes we have unnatural changes. Sometimes we have natural changes. And okay. I like the analogy. That's, yeah. that's dope. Like, so these questions is like these questions. I like how you said these questions. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are gonna be like, um, how do I get through life like the future? Like, you know, because you have unnatural changes. True. Um, that's true. Sometimes, I like how like, you look at that. That's dope. Because like sometimes you know you move. That's not natural. Like, um. And you go through about like relationships, 
in unnatural ways. Um, most of the time, you go about life in unnatural ways. So, okay. if anything, December just sounds nice. So, yeah, I like it. I like how you broke that down. Rain it in December. Oh, Lord. All right. So, let's see if I got the answers. Hopefully, I, I got you right now. Let's see. Okay. So, the first question I have um, is one that I've, like, have for a while now. Oh, God. Oh, um, God. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> when you were pregnant with me at 15, what was, like, going through your mind when you found out? Did you have any regrets while pregnant? Ooh, okay. Um, pregnant at 15, first and foremost... I knew that something was different. I knew that my body was changing because um, when I felt flutters, if and the flutters in my stomach felt like muscle spasms. And first I thought it was just muscle spasms, but then I kept feeling it more frequently. And um, I remember my older sister and her friend kind of, you know, they made a reference, you know, I was sleeping a lot. And I'm like, okay, what they mean? I don't know what they mean. Um, then I went to go visit my godmother in Corpus Christi, you know, sit low. I went to go visit Sister Love, my godmother, and, and her husband in Corpus Christi. And her husband was the one that told my godmother, who eventually told my mother, that I looked pregnant. Um, and I'm still fifth. I'm just now turning 16 at this point. This is the summer of 02. Yeah, 02 is when you was born. Yeah, so when when my sister snuck and told me that my godmother's husband had said this. I was like, am I? I I, I knew that um, I probably was, but your, your mind is a tricky thing. So it's not that I have regrets or that I was fearful. I just didn't believe it until it was true. And then when it was true, I was like, I'm pregnant, okay? Like, it wasn't even really, I wasn't fearful, I wasn't um, regrettable. I, I wasn't regretful about it. It was just, it just was it, it what it, it what it was. My mother had said something to me uh, maybe a week after she found out, and she was frustrated that I was pregnant because everyone was saying negative things. Like everyone thought that my older sister would be the one to be pregnant, and that was the first time I felt bad about being pregnant. I ain't really, it really, it is what it was. Like, shit happens in life. Like, it's crazy that how I was wired in. Then, like, okay, it happened. This is what it was. I always just take the punches and roll with it. So, nah, if that answers your question. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. And so that goes into, like, my next question. Okay. Um, so, uh, the man that got you pregnant with me, my daddy. The man know. that got me pregnant. Okay. <laughs> yeah. My father. Okay. Um, no, like, y'all were in love. I don't know. Were y'all? In that stage, Yeah. Whatever you define love for as teenagers that young, yeah. But now, 
No, it wasn't in love. But in that moment, yes. So when that time comes for me, how does somebody know when they're like in love, love? See, for me, the I, I experienced the greatest of my life recently, you know. Don't, we ain't got to say his name. Um, <laughs> but even with me loving him as much as I do, I, I can still not be with you. You, you I, That's really, like, weird. People don't know how to do that. Like, you don't know how to cut off things and situations that are toxic for them, even if they do love them. So with your your dad, the love for I have for him was was fairly different because life for me was boring, first and foremost, Two, I was always being responsible, having to do something. Three, um, I was extremely introverted. I didn't have a lot of friends. I didn't go to dances. I didn't get asked to prom. Um, I just didn't go out a lot. And your dad was simple and easy. And if it was right for that moment. And it was it was right for that moment. It worked for that moment, for, the, for some of the moments that we had. <laughs> Lord Jesus, that that that's an interesting, very deep dive of a subject. Um. Ooh. Oh God. Here's a question I want to ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how like you're doing all these things, all these companies. You gotta. You want to do like a year. Oh, uh, you like you're. Are we doing, telling my secrets now? No, no, that's not cutting myself off. Um, you have an <laughs> award show, <laughs> like ass. Okay. Um. So what I wanted to ask is, people don't usually do this, and you kind of go about life like really fast, but like slow at the same time. So I wanted to know, like, why do you move, like, go about life so fast? I know, right? I don't know how to sit down. I don't know how to relax. I don't know how, I don't, my brain doesn't rest. Um, I get excited by work that I consume myself in for hours at a time. I know, I don't know a lot of individuals like me. There's not a lot. And the the people that I do know, they're also entrepreneurs. Like, and those are people that's not my blood. So nobody really, I don't, I can't really explain <clears throat> That's like saying, why do you sing? Or why do you act? Or why do you like to run? Like, that's like asking people why they do the things that they love to do. Like, I love writing and creating stories. I love creating experiences through my events. I love um, advocating for other writers and our books and creating history. Like, just this past week alone, Oprah Winfrey's network supported and shared my award show. If you go to their Twitter page right now, you see my face, literally, just boom, right there on top. I'm like a fly, all this shit. That's me. I did that. Like, I don't get, like, people don't understand. For me, it's okay to want to go to work, you know, to, you know, to have a, you know, the same routine. That's fine. I don't have no problem with that. That's your prerogative. That's what you want to do. But just like you asked me, why, why, why you move so fast? Why, why you gonna sit your ass down? Basically, that's what you wanted to say. <laughs> well, I could look at you and be like, why you? Why they always going to work every day? Why they want to do the same shit every day? I don't know how to explain that. It's just something. I just it's just me. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
So um, another thing, this question is like based on family and okay. dreams, you know? Okay. Why is it that, you know, when like you want to do something different, like you, for example, like you want to do something different, you want to move to Atlanta, but like nobody really supports you. And like you tell me that the only reason why they would call you it's because they, like, want something from you. So why do families oh, do that? God, you don't have the family mad at us. <laughs> I swear to God. What's interesting with family is you don't get to choose your family. And mother... Oh, my bad. Mofos <laughs> will forget about the bad shit that they did to you. And then what's the crazy thing about it, if you choose to be like, you know what? I don't like what you did. You know what? I don't like that you don't support me. You know what? I don't like that you've never come to visit me. You know what? I don't like that you don't just call my phone and say, hi, how you doing? Like when we actually speak up and say, hey, you're treating me like shit. I don't like it. It's not up for the other person to try to make you feel bad about expressing your feelings. I choose not to feel like shit around people that I share blood with or around people that I share children with. Like, I just, I don't want to. That's just how I feel. Like, and sometimes, and I've always been like that, not because I moved to Atlanta. I have always been this individual from jump down to my, to my own mother who was 30 plus years older than me would sneak and, and hide her food or sneak and tell my sister, don't tell me God did this. Because they didn't want to hear my mouth. <laughs> Here I am, 13, 14, 15 years old. You a grown-ass woman and you got to sneak and eat a <laughs> burger so you don't want to hear my mouth. That speaks volumes, right? I don't try to be anything but myself. One, I... I try to make people, well, not try to make people, but I just make people feel accountable for who they are. Like, granted, I'm not the best individual. I try to be the best person that I am. I try to evolve. I try to be considerate. But I also love differently. I also care differently. And I also move by my own beat. Like, just because I don't do a lot of things like the, the masses does not mean that I, I, I don't care or I'm this or I'm that. You know, I don't really, first of all, I really don't give a fuck what you think. I really don't. But, I mean, family would make you feel like you owe them. I don't, I don't owe my family anything but my love, my affection, and my truth. However, they take that. However, I'm, I've always been in a space, well, not always, but recently in the past seven years or so, I've been in a space where if it don't make me happy, I'm good. I ain't got, we ain't got to talk. I love you. But we ain't got to talk. Just because we don't talk, me, I got a problem with you. I don't have no issue with you. But what we going to talk about? I don't like you. We, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't like you. I don't. I can love you all day and not like your ass. And I don't have to talk to you because I promise I'm not fake. I'm the last person on the planet Earth. I feel that could be <laughs> fake because it'd be always on my face, man. I was trying to like hide my expressions and I can't. So because I cannot hide my facial expressions, I don't want to be fake because that makes me feel bad. Like I got to pretend and remember my lies and stuff. Like I don't want to do all that. So I'm going to just separate myself. I'm doing you a favor, I think. 
But I love my family, though, like all my family. I love them to death. And when I see them, when I, you know, I show up to birthday parties and stuff like that, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to smile, ask them how they doing. I'm going to be meeker with them. And then I'm going to keep it moving because I got shit to do. Like, I got stuff. I'm trying to do some stuff now. I'm just saying. I'm going to call away if you need me, though. If you need me, I'm going to call away. I'll listen. But don't call me if you want stuff. Like, don't be calling me just because you want things. Call me because you want to, hey, Mika, what's up? What's up? What's going on with you? And then we go on to that. Like, what's up? Okay, great. <laughs> okay. Through all the things that you have done since 2008. Who, okay, that's after Junior? Yeah, Junior was born in 2007. Okay, so after Junior was born. What do you find is your biggest, proudest accomplishment? Y'all gonna probably think that I'm cuckoo. Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Um, it had to be moving to Atlanta. And I can remember this. Because sometimes it's... I was having this conversation just the other day. A lot of people have these dreams and these goals. And I'm one of the, the, the people that I don't want the, the thoughts or the visions in my head to just stay in my head. I want to see them. Like, I want that shit to be my reality. That doesn't come easy, though, to want... The things that you see in your head to be like your truth, like you're walking in it, you're living it. Like, this is why sometimes I get deja vu because I'm doing the shit that I said I'm purposely doing. I'm very intentional with my life and my, my, my steps and stuff. So it had to be this moment when I moved to Atlanta. I was in the passenger seat of the U-Haul. We had just left you and Junior with Sitalo at Big Daddy House. And I had had I hatched on the PT Cruiser and the, the U-Haul, and your daddy drove majority of the way to Atlanta. Now, U-Hauls ain't got no recliners. So we really sitting upright all the fucking time for at least 12 hours. It was the most uncomfortable ride that I have ever experienced. But then that moment when we came over that highway, and I want to say that's 20, when we're coming over the highway, passing Six Flags, it's like you're going over a hill. And when you go over that hill, you see the skyline of Atlanta. I'm 26 at this moment. And it was a little surreal to me because in that moment, I said, damn, Mickey, you did it. You got here. Like, this was, I said to myself at 12, I was going to move to Atlanta. I was going to become this full-time writer. I was going to be sitting in cafes, writing and stuff, which is weird to say that at that age because cafes didn't have internets. We didn't have laptops and shit. Like, when I'm, like, 12 and 11 and all, like, daydreaming about living in Atlanta because I knew that was a city that that things happen for black people. I wanted to move there because black people was making moves. So I need to go there too so I can make some moves with my books. And I need my books to be movies and stuff because Terry McMillan did it. Terry, she did it, I could do it too. That's crazy. Like when I found out that Terry McMillan did that, a lot of people were like, ooh, that's so far in between. I said, mm-hmm. She did, she a black woman? A black woman did that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do that too. So everything I wanted to do I've actually intentionally did it, but that had to be the most proudest moment 
just for me. That that involved nobody else. It was my personal moment. Nobody will understand me writing in my room as a young girl, like in my journals, because I, I ain't had no friends, nobody to talk to. And all I did was just dream and just write my stories. I still have all of my stories even to this day. Like for me, that's like, I couldn't get no more prouder than that. I didn't have to sell no more books. I did that shit. I did that shit. I moved myself. And you, but the first thing that happened when I when I unloaded my car, unloaded, when I unloaded my car from the U-Haul, the whole bumper fell off. And I felt like, okay, that's going to be a sign. My, my, my trip to Atlanta is not going to be so picture perfect because now my, my car didn't have no grill. How I'm riding around Atlanta trying to be the Tamika Newhouse and my car ain't got no grill. So, yeah, that was the beginning. And that was my proudest little moment there for me. Okay, so from proudest moments, okay. we're going to go into fears. What okay. is, for you, your biggest, biggest fear? <sighs> my biggest fear is going to be so weird. And I don't know if people going to get it or understand it. Thank you. But my biggest fear is I fear myself a lot of times because because I am so intentional. Because I say I'm going to do this and do that and then I go and do the work. The things that I want to ultimately achieve, I'm fearful of that. Like I I actually, although I, I... purposely pursue my dreams, I also fear them as well because I know what comes with it. What comes with success is even now with people not understanding you, like me working a lot. I'm, you know, always on the go. I'm always processing, always, you know, just moving around. Like, when will I fall in love? When I have, when will I have some stability? Like, when will I have some normalcy? And I don't think that will ever be. So I fear that the fact that I'm never going to sit down, that's my biggest fear. I'm never going to be satisfied. I'm always going to want more. So I feel that's my biggest fear that eventually it will come true. But at what sacrifice? What I, what will I have when I achieve those goals? So now, but hold on. Let me add to that. I'm aware of that though. So I try to be present and now. So although I do have goals and all the things I want to do, I try to make sure I enjoy life. Like recently, like we implemented family day, you know, shit like that. Like trying to do family and normal stuff, you know, and I'm being open, more open to, you know, you know, exploring other commitments and stuff. If maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, With fears, uh, you know, some people's fears are death. It's death. Um, You know, tomorrow's never promised. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's like, how do I go about tomorrow knowing that I could die anytime? Why is, okay, but why is dying, you you make it sound like dying was a bad thing. I mean, it's not. I'm it's not somebody who, like, fears death, but it's like, how do I live my life to the fullest when 
I'm not the fullest. When you're not the fullest? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to word it. Okay, so let me see if I understand. Everybody dies. It's inevitable. Granted, I've seen death more times than I can count. The the way that I, I, I'm extremely recently, I lost a god niece. She was barely even eighteen, died tragically, to the point where I didn't even consider going to her funeral because it was it was a sad ending. Like her life ended, that was the end. I've seen death more times than at least more than a dozen times to where I know what she was going to look like in that casket. And I know how I was going to feel when I saw it. It's an unfortunate situation, but life really does happen. I can choose to focus on the inevitable and that some shitty shits happen. Bad things happen. But you know what also has Joyous things, fun things. Like life, you, you take the good with the bad And I honestly feel like I can walk outside and something tragically could happen, but I would personally die in peace because I live every day purposely pursuing things I want to do. I try to say things to people that I I love. There are people that are close to me. I try to say things to them that I mean. I try to be intentional with them as well. I don't want to be the person that, when somebody dies and be like, well, dang, I should have said this or we should have did this and we should, the fuck? I'm not about to do that. Everything that I want to do, everything that I want to say, the people that I want to be in my life, I'm going to be very vocal with that. I'm going to be very intentional with that. Because when I do die, like, it's okay, cool. That's what's up. I want people to say, man, she did, she did that. Mika never set her ass down. She never sat down. She always said how she felt. She always did what she wanted to. And, you know, I want to like, I want people to really take that and run with it. Who cares? Like, if you want to live clear across the world and nobody else understands. So, who cares if you don't, if you want to go to school and you want to study some awkward ass study? I don't know. So, who cares if you want to date this particular person and somebody says, oh girl, he's too short for you. Oh girl, he don't make enough money for you. So, who cares? I don't give, I don't care. People really, I think people don't understand the freedom and not giving a fuck about what other people say, think, um, if they're, like, they want to judge the way that you process. I don't care. So when you die, I'm going to probably have this, this facial expression on my face where you, I'll be like, I don't care. It is what it is. <laughs> I'm at this bitch. Like, <sighs> okay. Um, what you got for me now? Me what see. you got? All right, let's do one more question. Make it a good one. Ooh, okay. ask us something about you. Me? Yeah. Like, what's your biggest fear? Like, what you what you trying to get prepared for? What's going on with you? Hmm. Sometime today, Denise. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of something because... I, I mean, you a sophomore in high school now. Yeah. You were 16. Yeah. Okay. What's up? What's going on with you? You got your friends. You, you know, you're studying Japanese. 
you know, you got your little hobbies and things that you like to do. You write your poetry. Like what I, for me, when I was your age, although even with welcoming a child, like I, even before that, I knew some of the things I, I wanted to do. Like I knew what the fuck I wanted to do. At least I knew what the things I liked to do. So wasn't the, what, what you thinking? Cause you know, like life doesn't stand still. The world's always forever evolving. So you got to be moving with purpose. You can't just be moving, just be moving, and you don't know where you're going. What's that? Uh, well, at the moment, I haven't really thought about, like, what exactly I want to do in, like, the next five years. What's, like, the big move? Um, I just think about like the now before I think about what's coming next. Okay, so what are you doing now to prepare for the next? See, I, this is this is something that I I hope that you don't get into the habit of see making plans that make sense or making moves. For me, that makes sense. You you kind of have to see where you where you're going. The for me the for the purpose for me in life is to enjoy life, to kind of have freedom within my day, or at least some some security in some sense. I don't want to struggle. I don't want to be lost. Like we already gonna be here, and we just talked about death. We all gonna die. So let's let's enjoy it. Whatever it is, like, if you like, you like studying Japanese, okay, there's some Japanese studies and things you can go into. You like writing poetry, okay, there's some poetry classes or art classes you can get into. Like, you have to sometimes tap into some things that you like, not necessarily, well, what can I do? What you like to do? I mean, I know for a fact that I want to go into the arts. Um... And what seems like the strong suit for me is, like, writing, mm-hmm. clearly. Um, but it's like, I don't know which writing position to go into. Because, I mean, I like all types of writing. I like I like, to, I like journalism. I like poetry, songs, mm-hmm. books, like mm-hmm. writing stories. I never, most of them I don't finish, but I do like writing stories, so it's just a whole clamp of just everything. And there's there's schools and things like that where you take these classes and the teacher assigns a writing assignment for that week. And then you come back and you share with the class and then give you feedback on what you wrote. There's all kind of different ways to tap into your writing and perfect it and then discover how you like to tell your stories. You know, there's so many, this, this even dives into, you know, AA and BC. ABC is... People think that it's about books, but it really is about black creatives. Like there's all sorts of ways to be a creative. There's all sorts of ways to tell a story. There are painters. They tell a story through paints, through art. There are songwriters. There are singers. There are dancers. There are stylists. You can even go to fashion. Fashion tells a story. It tells a personality or something that's trying. they're trying to project. Then you have novelists. Then you have um, screenwriters. Like, it's all sorts of ways to tell a story. 
You just have to figure out how you want to tell yours. Literally and figuratively. That was good. That was good <laughs> analogy. I like that. Okay. <sighs> well, I guess here we are. Off to go figure out what that journey is about, huh? Mm. <laughs> what? All right, we're going to check back in with you in a year and see if you've picked up some new skills and some common sense. <laughs> All right, raining in December? Mm, raining in December. Next time, let's do sunshine in the rain or something. I'll come up with it. <laughs> yeah, raining in December sounded kind of depressing. Life doesn't have to be depressing, even though it can be. No, dating an insecure man just means that he just needs more time. No, so if you, well, listen, if you are a person that likes time, like if your love language is spending time, dating somebody insecure will work for you. Like y'all balance each other out. That's great fucking advice. Don't you think? It makes sense. I'm anti-insecure niggas, so I think This book gonna be good. These some good notes. It's biased. That was actually really good. I thought it was brilliant. What do you do with the mama's boy? Mm. Just don't. Okay, so mama's boy. That means there's a lot of things about his mother that he loves and appreciates. So if you're going to date... Yes. So (laughs) always see him in the city and stuff like that. Send him little, you know, cute little... You know, sexy sex. See his mama, good morning. See the group back. Yep. Spend time with his mom. Mm-hmm. Spend time with his mother. Um, show interest in his past when it comes to conversations. Um, discover his likes. And, you know, be compromised sometimes and try to like some of the things that he likes. That's how you date a mama's boy. I disagree.